coming back to this week's episode oh my god did you all read the title yeah i mean i even i don't know how to process this i don't even know how i got avanti nagral on my podcast i was equally shocked to see her management's reply yeah i know uh we cover a lot of topics we really have a fun chat and she's the sweetest i didn't even know that someone could be that casual with a stranger and i didn't even feel like we were strangers to each other it was a very fun conversation and y'all got to listen to it also apologizing for the audio quality we had to do it over zoom not using the mic i'm currently using and we did it and i'm so happy so yeah give it a listen I'm not going to lie but the person who actually guesses who played those drums gets a hamper for me. I mean I don't know if that person will get a hamper but I think that person is also surprised. How have you been? I know this situation is really tough right now and um, I can see what you're doing on a daily basis on your uh, social media helping out people and not only you there are so many content creators just helping out how does the situation feel you know it's obviously very overwhelming but how do you feel as of now yeah thank you for asking them i i think it's it's a tough situation to be in for everybody um obviously those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to stay at home in a way that we have you know so many luxuries and privileges truly we should be counting our blessings it is a lot it gets a lot when um you know as you've mentioned a lot of content creators and people with some sort of a platform have been trying to use their platform to share resources and all of that uh i think it's amazing and incredible it does get a lot sometimes you know because you're trying to field requests from people who are really struggling and and you can only be the conduit you know you feel helpless sometimes because you can't exactly help like i can point someone in the direction of a resource i can call a number to see if it's legit but i can't really do anything beyond that and sometimes it's important to know that that is enough and that could be something that helps somebody out but it does feel helpless you know when you're in a situation where it's hard to to actually uh do that you know beyond beyond sharing information resources donating whatever it's just i think a lot of people want to help but are feeling helpless right now yeah but i think it you're doing a commendable job right now and it's finally you see such so much of light in the situation when y'all post such stories helping each and every person i couldn't imagine a content creator going opening his or her dms and actually going through almost each and everything um, to help out each other and it's really nice that you're doing the impact is we could do right because we have a platform um and and I feel like especially uh in in my case and I know in a lot of other people's cases because I'm very open about mental health there's a lot of folks reaching out about their struggles with that during this time and and prior and I think that hurts the not hurts um but it feels the most almost helpless right because a lot of people feel like it's a safe yeah. space to share what they're dealing with and as much as I can listen I'm not a professional right so i acknowledge the pain that somebody is feeling and i try to connect them with resources and so we've been really intentional about there's about four or five organizations we work with um you know on a regular basis trying to do 
regular sessions, whether that's through our Discord server for people who can't afford or access therapy or trying to find options for affordable counseling therapy, things like that. But it's just it's just hard because it's not just giving a resource. It's also for a lot of people, especially when they're young. And I'm curious what your take is on this. In a lot of families, it's still not understood, right? It's still taboo. And and the struggle is all in the mind. So people feel like, oh, beta, you have food. You have, uh, you know, you're going to school. You're so yeah. lucky you're not on the street. Um, what do you have to complain about? And that to me is always the hardest to help try to, you know, from my experience, share how you might convince and, and try to figure out what other people are dealing with. What what do you kind of feel about that? I mean, the situation is different in every house, you know, to make the situation the same in every house is going to take some time. But I do hope that it happens. Some parents are very understanding while some are not. And um, it's just about parents being more understanding now. I think we can give them all the information that they need to know because there's so much that they need to know and they will event they eventually will. Um, but I just hope that everything gets better for the ones who don't feel their best. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to happen and I hope that it will. So everyone finds a positive space to be in, um, even in these tough times. Uh, so I just want to dive out a little because um, I don't want to ruin the mood. I know it's a very sensitive topic, but um, I really want to know this massive following on Instagram, YouTube and everywhere else with your, you're known as, you know, this uh, singer, this content creator, social media influencer. How does that feel, you know, to see those numbers and um, how long is this journey? I really want to know about that. Yeah, the length of the journey is very long, you know, for all the numbers somebody sees today, it's taken years of effort and years mm -hmm. of work, you know, um, particularly, so I didn't join social media until I was 17, actually, like I opened a Facebook account when I was 17. And honestly, only for the nerdiest reason, because I was part of a Model UN conference where people were like lobbying um, <laughs> via Facebook groups. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's the only reason I opened Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I totally, I totally get it. Oh God, lobby. <laughs> we just do anything to assert some kind of authority, you know, just to do anything. Oh God, everyone's. Yeah, it, it was interesting because um, I I I didn't open Instagram or anything else uh, until a couple of years later. And my professional start in the creative space was actually in theater. I used to do some theater when I was in high school and then I took a gap year, um, you know, a year off between high school and college to do this professional show across India. And I'd been singing for many, many years, right? But it was never professional in the concept of getting paid, right? Or I'd been training for many years and, and all of those years of effort that go into the craft, into performance, getting every opportunity you get, that if I were to convert that into numbers, then ideally it would be, you know, you know, much yeah, more exponential. It, it, it's hard to do that, right? Because you never know what clicks with people. And as much as numbers are important, I feel that impact is more. Um, and you can see that in different ways. So, you know, all of that's just to say, you know, when I started social media, even when I started it in a more formal sense, you know, when I opened the YouTube channel, when I started Instagram, because my focus while I was in college and prior to that was music primarily and, you know, being an artist, um, I saw social media as a tool. And honestly, 
I don't know the best, I mean, a, a, almost a burden, like a majburi, right? I saw it as something that I had to do because I wanted to get my music more popular. Yeah, or, just you know, it, it, it felt like on social something. media. Yeah, exactly. But, but it wasn't, honestly, uh, it was in a space where it sometimes felt like a burden, you know, where it's like, okay, I have to do something. So let me yeah. just put up a picture there. I have to do this. And then it felt like a chore. Um, whereas I find that, I found that in 2020, um, I felt like that all through the first half of the year. The second half of the year, when I started doing other types of content as well, I'd always wanted to do those other types of content, but I always felt, okay, you need to be more established as a musician, as an artist, and then people will give a shit about what you care about, your personality, you know, the things in your life. Um, and I, I'm glad that my assumption was kind of turned upside down because the more I started doing other stuff and and in the combination of showing my own life, but also having real important conversations, you know, about things that matter, talking about education, all of these things, um, and of course, mental health, sexual health, all of these things, I just found that people would maybe come for that, but they'd stay for everything else. And then they got to know a holistic sense. Um, and if I'm being honest with you, my, I was feeling very, um, very unmotivated because you know, as an artist, you're so used to performing all the time. So you're interacting with people and, and seeing that in real time. And even though we had virtual shows, it's not the same thing. So I truly feel like creating the other kind of content, it, it really saved me and, and my mental health. And, and um, of course, the benefits are now that I see it as a community building tool. And it really just took that shift in perspective, right? It's not something I have to do, but it's something I get to do. Um, it's not something that okay, the numbers matter, yes, but what matters more is how it's actually affecting someone, the message they send you, the comment, the, the artwork they make, the fact that somebody takes that time to make an art piece for you, uh, blows my mind, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, on one hand, I'm super grateful and mm -hmm. you know, the growth is there. There's a part of me that of course feels like, okay, there's been so much effort. I'm very grateful that it's come to this. It could be much more, but you, you, you have to stop at some point thinking about it just in terms of that, because for everybody who's, you know, across, uh, say, a lakh, they're always focusing on the million. Everyone who's crossed a million mm -hmm. is focusing on the 10 million. And so it never ends, mm -hmm. right? And so it's about being grateful for what you have and, and figuring out how you can nurture that and grow. Because I see you've really built a community between you and your fans. You know, I saw a comment which said that um, regarding your video about you leaving Harvard before you even started. And there was a comment where she mentioned that, where a fan mentioned, I want to take a gap year, but uh, my mental health just, I, I it's because of my mental health that I really want to take a gap year. And then you replied to that comment and you actually said that, please let me know if I need, you know, you need some kind of resources. And I think doing that has such a positive effect. So it's, I realize that it's not about numbers anymore. It's not the numbers game the better your community is that connect um, you're just going to grow more and you're going to feel better and i guess that's i guess that's the that's the love the support that you get every day is what keeps you motivated but i really want to get to know how is avanti as um, a school going kid how is avanti as a teenager and your school life i also heard that you actually spent a part of your childhood in the states Tell me about that. I, I really want to know. 
Yeah, so I've always lived between the two countries, I say, because you know, I, I lived, I was born in Boston, lived there till I was about eight or nine, and then I moved to Bombay. But when I lived there, every summer I'd spend in India. And then when I lived in India, every summer I'd spend in the US. And then of course I went back to the US for college. But even when I was in college, I'd come back three or four times a year to perform. So I've always been like between the two. And um, I think that shaped me in a very meaningful way. One thing I'm extremely grateful for is the fact that my early childhood was in the US and then I moved to India as opposed to the other way around. Because I see a lot of friends or peers who were born in India or any you know native country, whatever you wanna call it. And then they moved to the US for say middle and high school whereas I did the reverse. And in trying to fit in or assimilate they often whitewash themselves. Um, they lose a core part of their cultural identity because they feel like they have to hide it or they have to defend it, right? Whereas in my case, um, and people who have had similar experiences to me, when I moved here, I came with the eyes of a tourist, right? So I, for example, would question things that many of my peers who've grown up here their whole lives would not. Uh, when we moved here, I would question, why is there such a huge class divide? Why is there a tall building next to a slum? Um, why does this exist in this way, right? And then parents trying to explain that to me, my teacher is trying to explain that to me. When you're eight, you're really annoying and you have a lot of questions. Ah, so, <laughs> I totally get it. You know, I think seeing things with that perspective, almost allowing me to be a tourist in this space and then grow within it, um, having that slight outsider's perspective, I think has been really good for me. And it also allowed me to connect with this idea of heritage in a way that I don't think I would have been able to. Um, let me give you a quick example. There's a lot of people who've grown up, say, the whole of their lives in other countries and who we call diaspora. For them, their idea of being Indian or South Asian is often in the movies they watch and the food they eat and the clothes they wear because that's the thing that they can hold on to to have to defend their identity. But when you live in India, you don't have to defend being Indian because you are, right? And so I think you get to connect in a much deeper way to what are the underlying values. Um, and you get to question it in a way that I don't think you do when all you are being presented with is the facade, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm really grateful. Um, in terms of what was I like as a school kid and a teenager, I think that I think that I've been fairly consistent through my life. I was like this. However, if you talk to most of my high school friends or classmates, they would probably tell you that I was very, uh, very hardworking and dedicated, very stressed out, um, trying, <laughs> trying my best to, to do a lot of things. I feel like me in my early 20s today is a, a lot more of a holistic individual. Um, as a teenager, I, I did a lot of things, but I don't think I valued them all in the same way. I think I was just so focused on results and outcomes and ambition. And um, if I'm being super honest, I don't think I valued friendship in the same way that I do right now. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't think I valued mental health in the same way that I do mm -hmm. right now. So I'm really happy that I've gotten that perspective. But, you know, if there's anyone who's right now in school and, and they are feeling like it's competitive and crazy, just know that it's so normal to feel that way, but sometimes it's important to take a step back and breathe. Um, yeah. I had this experience when I was 15 where I almost lost my eyesight in my left eye and it was this whole situation. Um, I had a brain virus and long story short, you know, when I came back from the hospital, 
it was right before my prelims, my pre-boards. And mm. um, I think, you know, the first thing on my mind was like, do I remember stuff? Do I remember math? Do I remember English? Yeah, do I remember whatever? Yeah. And um, I think for me as somebody whose identity had very much been predicated upon being a smart kid, it felt really alienating to feel like you didn't remember stuff or be taken away from you. So I feel like for me at that point, music was very healing and that's part of why you know, it, it became this lifelong mission and journey to combine the two. But also, it gave me a lot of perspective that, hey, life is more important than the small grade that you are stressing over or, you know, what she said about her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, I can really see this competitive world, you know, because I just finished my, I mean, I didn't finish my boards. My boards got cancelled, my <laughs> 10th grade boards, um, and it happened. But I already see this entire rat race beginning you know these 11th grade you know competitive exams just their tuitions and classes just happening with we don't even get the time to breathe you know i um i know a school a very popular school in mumbai which started their school during our 10th grade you know we hadn't even finished we were do, giving up pre-boards the second pre-boards and they had already started their 11th grade so the students from my school were not only attending school but also giving pre-boards uh, how is the situation in India like because you've experienced both right you know the education system here and there what are your comments and I know it's easy to comment and criticize or just say something about the education system but have you ever thought about any comprehensive solution a very basic thought that uh, we could put into the councils of India? Yeah, I know that's a great question. I feel like there is a lot of pros and a lot of cons, right? Um, number one in India, just saying the education system is a really weird phrase because we have so many, right? Um, and they're all so different from one another and very fragmented. So that's part of, I would say, the first issue. I recognize the importance and it's cool that we have optionality. But some sort of uniformity, at least maybe in timing or something of that nature, right? So you don't fall into a situation where people are going yeah, and yeah. doing, what and doing, you know? Um, so I think that's one thing. The second is part of the reason. So there's a lot of people who are grateful that their boards got canceled, obviously because mm. of the pandemic. But there's a lot of people who are a little sad because they prepared, they wanted to take exams, you know, not, not from a public health point of view, but the fact that they had wanted to. And part of the reason that they couldn't make the boards offline is because they haven't updated the syllabus and the system to be one that is a little bit um, cheating proof. And the reason for that is if you see a question, you know exactly which page number in your textbook you can copy it from. There is very little critical thinking and analysis in a lot of our subjects. And part of that is just because, you know, we emphasize rote learning, which I think is important to some degree. It is important, particularly in say, science and math to get your fundamentals right, right? The way in which we learn these basic concepts stay with us for life. But at the same time, I think it's important to find that balance where you are encouraging critical thinking beyond just, you know, mitochondria is a powerhouse of the cell because one, two, three, you marked it in your text. <laughs> you know, what does that mean? Um, and so, I'm not saying that there's certain systems that are better than others, right? Because some would say, okay, maybe IB is more critical thinking or whatever, but there's a lot of flaws in those systems too. Mm -hmm, and yeah. in the way that they're taught, right? Before going to, so I went to an ICSC school um, from classes seven, eight to 12, but 
prior to that, I was at an IB school for two years in India. And I saw so many flaws in that system too, because um, for example, in the fourth grade, I had a teacher who was really, really good at mm -hmm. English and she sucked at math. So my uh. English was great. And you know, she would emphasize a lot of that interdisciplinary learning, but we didn't learn any math that year. And then in the fifth grade, I had a teacher who was excellent at math, kind of sucked at English. I, yeah. I balance out, but it can't be so individual dependent. And so I think it's just figuring that out. Um, I'm excited at some of the, you know, new education kind of policy decisions that they have. It's just how will they execute it, right? I think yeah. incorporating skills into education is so important. Skills mm. such as basic coding or data science. I feel like everybody yeah. should know if you don't want to go into that field, it just trains your brain in a certain way, right? Like I... I did CS as my sixth subject or, you know, whatever y'all call it. Um, and even though I'm probably never going to code in Java, it taught me to think a certain way, right? I think teaching, um, you know, accounting and finance skills is really important. Teaching home, I, I, I know people laugh and they're like, oh, haha, ha, home science, but that is so important. Um, and so, you know, emphasizing these life skills I think needs to come across the board in, in all education systems, right? And we need to take a hard, long look at why do we value teaching people the names of chemicals mm. more than we value them learning how to deal with interpersonal situations, everyday life that they're going to encounter. Sorry, that was I, a very long answer. No, no, <laughs> I, I, no, I totally get it because I see, I see students struggling because as an ICSE student, I know the English teacher is always going to shout at us and say keywords, keywords. It's no more about English. It's no more about the depth. It's literally not about the language. It's just the keywords. That's all they see. And they just stick. Yeah. So, and I realized that I have also gone into that, that, that process of just learning the keywords, you know, that's how I learn English now. And I hope that there's a change, you know, and that plan, the new education policy is implemented. And I hope it brings change for the ones who are still probably in the fourth grade or fifth grade. And oh, yeah, just... One of the things that they want to incorporate is, is research, which yeah, is so important. Very, right? very. Like working on your own thing rather than being spoon-fed and, and mm -hmm. just mugging keywords like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's important because we get a set of textbooks to learn from and that's it, you know, we don't need to open anything like don't not research about it or ever no research papers or the projects also are so they're not the most research based, research based projects, they are not very, they really don't help, you know, so I just still for your ICAC project you still have to create some sort of scrapbook situation oh yeah we so, so much wastage yeah. of paper yeah we did have to do that before but uh this time since it happened online we could make a like a document and um yeah I think with um hybrid um form of learning I think everything changed let's hope for change you know yeah. Avanti let's hope for change but uh, I also wanted to ask you one more thing. I saw an Instagram post where you mentioned how your dad did your makeup when your mom wasn't there for you for a ballet recital. So uh, that's really sweet. And I saw you in that dress. You're so little. So you've been really performing on stage since a very long time. And when I see... So the first video I saw of yours was on YouTube, the music improv. I loved it. Uh, the, 
it was so it was funny it was entertaining your voice it was so good and the confidence i just loved it so i guess it's it comes from performing from such a young age right and how was it how was ballet how was how was singing how was how did you get to know that you could really pursue music as a career you know that's a great question um i feel really grateful that my parents exposed me to a lot when i was little so you know between the ages of i would say 3 and 6 i was doing ballet and jazz i was singing and playing the piano i was playing sports i was do art all of these things and i think you know it came from the mindset i think there's more and more of that happening here in india as well which i'm really grateful for it's because i grew up in the us and people were exposed to exposing your kids to a lot right and my parents were very intentional they're like if we have kids we want to make sure they can the whole immigrant mindset right like we want to give yeah. them everything um and so i was really grateful to be exposed to all of that they say that when i was about 6 years old i went to them one day super profound and i was like i choose music um i didn't know <laughs> what that meant but i probably just meant like hey let's pull out of some of the other things um i'll give you an example they put me in soccer and um you know like th- i was 3 or 4 years old and we had this concept of town soccer you know like you have a district here yeah. or a club yeah, soccer yeah. in 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 bombay it was just towns it was as if like juhu's playing bandra except uh, much smaller you know um <laughs> so uh i played and at the end of the year i got an award saying oh. most obedient player and when my parents oh. found that i got most obedient player for soccer they're like this is absolutely not happening she's not doing soccer <laughs> anymore because i used to think that it was um what do you call it i i used to think that it was rude that we couldn't share the ball so i would give yeah. the ball to the other team huh. um it's they <laughs> made me goalie <laughs> it's just like all of those exposure to skills and mm. your values and stuff yeah. when it comes to music and performance um i when i moved to i i grew up my dad plays the tabla which many people who watch youtube probably know um because we he is in addition to being a technology entrepreneur he used to play and used to actually teach on the side when he was in graduate school so we actually a lot of through 2020 we did these father daughter yeah, duets yeah i have some books yeah and um i mean it just was reminiscent of me being five and now you know <laughs> yeah exactly like yeah <laughs> no i mean i just see your um, songs and your your work it's it's beautiful there's some different confidence that you have i think does it come from either like model united nations or some kind of debate or your school how is that like how is building confidence like because there are so many who still have some sort of stage fear who still want to gain that confidence to speak up um about so many issues it's just gain self confidence in some way or the other um It's, it's all about exposure and practice right mm. so even though musically i was training in indian classical when i moved to bombay and doing all of that i wouldn't have been confident if i didn't do these interschool competitions right i wouldn't have been confident if i didn't do theater or like try to find any any and every opportunity to put myself out there i did debates i did model un and all of these things make you more confident because you're so much more used to talking to people being on stage um having your opinion valued and heard and especially for young women i just think that's so important regardless of what you want to go into in life 
um, it's just we're societally conditioned to be a little bit less hurt. Yeah. We're societally conditioned to apologize after making an assertive yeah. statement as a man wouldn't think twice, right? And having those, and I, I would notice that even in debates, um, there just would be proportionally much less women even in school, you know? Um, and, and so you just developing that and finding that voice, I feel is so important for everybody, even if they don't go into anything, right? So mm. just having and creating opportunities for yourself in spaces that you care about is really important. And so I think that confidence comes from that. And that confidence also comes from um, trust in your abilities. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you have to have enough practice and exposure, but also know that what you're doing, are you doing, if, if you feel like you're motivated by something, if you feel like you're motivated by a larger purpose, I feel like that shines through, you know? Now that we've covered your school life, moving from the States to India, I want to shift focus to the songs that you've made, you've produced, and it's it's big, you know, it's big. Um, I also want to uh, mention Suntolo, just such a beautiful song, such a beautiful message. I really want to ask you to tell my listeners what the song is about what's the message that you're trying to convey yeah of course so thank you for your kind words I mean, a project really dear to me it was my first hindi release even though i've sung in hindi for many years um, i was never confident writing in the language because my vocabulary is not as strong but i felt like if i wanted that message to be heard by more people particularly in india it made sense to have that that be the medium um, Suntolo is a song about mental health and really just hoping that we create a society where people listen to us without judgment. At the end of the day, all we want is to feel heard, feel seen. And too often our pleas and cries for help fall upon deaf ears. You know, that's what this song is about. And, and, and we wanted to use this call and response technique to show the common responses we get. Yeah, we yeah. get responses like, it'll be fine and yeah. you're going through something people are like just smile be yeah. happy and yeah i know i get it it's, it's tough and um, the way that you could in a portrait in the form of a song uh, to spread that message it's a it's a beautiful song and um, everyone's just you this message that you give through your songs through your posts it means a lot it has an impact on a daily basis and i see the amazing work that you do every day I think um, it's it's wonderful that you're doing this. And I'm so, so grateful, so thankful that you agreed to do this podcast with me. I'm so happy uh, for doing this. Uh, so thank you for joining me.